And then with the Mets, I guess we could do a little bit more of a post-mortem on the season. I think it was a little fresh the last time I dived, dove into it. So we'll look at uh, the end of the season recap from Billy Epler and Buck Showalter maybe. But more importantly, we'll take a look at the Major League Baseball playoffs and the insanity that is going on with the MLB postseason. Right now, game one of the NLCS, Phillies Padres going on. We all saw that coming, right? If you're a Dodgers fan, what are you feeling? If you're a Braves fan, what are you feeling? So we'll go over all that and more. Uh, we'll briefly talk about the Mets. I'll try and keep it brief. Not a whole lot to say. After everything that's gone on, you know, I just watched the, the Phillies beat the Padres in game one of the NLCS in San Diego. So if historical data trends is anything to pay attention to and anything to subscribe to, seems like the Phillies are going to go to the World Series. Sucks. I was glad when they beat the Cardinals. I was, I, I was actually glad when they beat the Cardinals. There, I said it. I was actually glad when they beat the Braves. There, I said it. Not so great if they beat the Padres. I just don't want them in the World Series at all. Uh, like I've said, my pick after the Padres beat us was like, Padres need to go to the World Series. I don't want to see the Dodgers in the World Series. I do not want to see the Braves in the World Series. I for sure don't want to see the Phillies back in the World Series. So Padres are bust, and uh, they just lost game one at home. Got shut out, I think, 2 nothing. But this is where we are. Phillies-Padres. I think it's the first time two teams, Major League Baseball teams, have faced off in the championship series with less than 90 wins each in the regular season. I think it's the first time that's happened. So that just goes to show you just how like out of sorts and just how much of an anomaly this postseason has been. And it led me to, you know, after the Braves lost to the Phillies and after the Dodgers lost to the Padres, a lot, a lot of people are calling for, uh, a lot of people, I mean, Braves fans and Dodgers fans <laughs> and Mets fans to a certain degree are calling for uh, a playoff reformat. Where it's like, all right, this this is obviously not working because the best teams aren't winning. <laughs> it's like, and that's why we need to change everything because the best teams are supposed to win. And uh, I think that's the actual argument against the playoff reformat is that that's what the Major League Baseball wants. Fucking chaos. They want chaos. So, uh, and they got it. You know, Phillies, Padres, NLCS, catch the fever. Oh, boy. So, uh Yeah. Um, but it's still disheartening. And I don't know that more games, because I, I see a lot of people saying, well, the the wild card, the NL, the LDS needs to be seven games, like the LCS. The divisional series needs to be seven games. It needs to be longer. And the wild card, eh, three games, I guess, but like it should be a best of five. And it's like, but it, but you were just saying that like 162 regular season games is too many. And now you're saying that in addition to being very good in the regular season to make the playoffs, you now have to win even more games in the, you know, it's just like, what kind of, all right. I, I personally like the three, five, seven. I think that's fine. I don't think you need to get too much crazier than that. The one game wild card was, I couldn't handle it. <laughs> and I don't know, you know, and I, I think it's, it's, is interesting how you can go 16 or no in the NFL regular season and lose in the wild card or the divisional round. And that is, that's pretty, it's pretty gut wrenching. I think that hurts a lot. Right. Um, likewise, uh, NCAA tourney, March Madness, you can be like the number one seed in all the land, number one seed in your region, and then get upset. If you get upset, like by the 16 seed, it's like, that's whoa, dude. It's going to be hard to live that down. That's tough. Winning. 111 games? Is that what the Dodgers won? Getting the number one seed, getting a bye, and losing in a five-game series to a team that you freaking dominated in the regular season. Like I have the numbers here. Let me see if I can pull it up. I'm looking at... So those are the Mets' 
home team splits. Okay, the Padres were four and two versus the Mets in the regular season. So I'm not like, and if you listen to my episodes previewing, looking at some of the postseason opponents we might face and who I'd rather face, I didn't want to face the Padres because we had a losing record. Seems like we just didn't have the number. They had our number. I didn't, I was, that scared me. And of course, as proven correct, much to my chagrin, but they were four and two against us. They were five and 14 against the Dodgers. So as crappy as I feel as a Mets fan about a, a lost season after a hundred wins, hundred wins is something, you know, Buck Showalter and Billy Epler were talking about it in the, in the postseason recap press conference where it's like hundred wins is an amazing achievement. Like Billy Epler said, he's only done it once or twice. Buck Showalter, one of the most storied long-running managers in baseball history, lots of games played, said he only had it once or twice. So like incredible achievement. Glad it happened. It's nice to have that on our belt, but like not having a division title, not advancing in the postseason, <laughs> losing in the opening round, like that's going to sting for a while. That's going to stick with me. Um, You're always going to like, you're pretty much always going to look at that 100 win, a one win season and be like, what? <laughs> what? So um, and the Phillies were eight and eleven versus Atlanta in the regular season. It's hard to to care about the regular season anymore. <laughs> it just really is. It's now it's now like I don't care if we win the division, just make the playoffs. It's literally just do what the Phillies did. Just win enough games to make the playoffs. And then it's all bets are off. All bets are off. It's all out the window. It's completely new, fresh, clean slate. That's that's essentially it. That's it. That's my MO heading forward is like. I don't care if we sweep teams. I don't care if we win series. Just win enough games to make the playoffs. If that's 88 games, if that's 89 games, I'm totally fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. I mean, we're 90 and 72 when we went to the World Series in 2015. In most years, that doesn't make the playoffs. (laughs) So... And I think back to all those Mets teams in the 80s and early 90s where it was like they could win 100 some odd games and not even make the playoffs. Mm. Insane. I tweeted this poll. What's the most difficult championship to win in the core four sports? Stanley Cup, NBA Finals, Super Bowl, World Series, and by a large margin, it's the World Series. You can make the argument for the Stanley Cup and Super Bowl because there's extremely physical taxing sports. I would say that I would say Stanley Cup is harder than the Super Bowl only because Super Bowl you have like eh, 16 games or 17 games, you know, uh, extremely physical, extremely, you know, take a lot out of you. But like hockey, I would argue also takes a ton out of you and you have to do it for 80 some odd games in the regular season. So and then no one voted for the NBA finals, which just goes to show what like. I don't know. So I'd say I would say World Series and Stanley Cup and then the Super Bowl. But it's close between the Stanley Cup and the Super Bowl. Um, but I just, you know, they'll never shorten the season. I mean, it wouldn't and I said this last time, wouldn't it just make sense to have eighty two games? It's the same amount of games as the NBA and NHL. I don't know that you're missing much. You know, you can fill in the gap, like there's there'll be less overlap with football, I would think. And you wouldn't run into like uh You'd still have it over the summer when there's not a whole lot of sports going on. You know, that July, August would be still intact. It's just like April ball, April baseball is so meaningless. And like not to get like nihilistic, but it is so freaking meaningless to have April baseball. I would say even most of May baseball. I I, I decided to take, I know we did a, a postmortem on the Mets season last episode, but I did, I, I wasn't in the mood to do more of a deep dive, but taking a look at like, the the splits like the win loss splits and all that 
40% of our wins came against the Marlins, Nationals, and Phillies. 13-6 for the Mar- versus the Marlins, 14-5 versus the Phillies, 14-6 versus the Nationals. We were 41-17 and 17 against those three teams. But you would switch seasons with the Phillies in a freaking instant, dude. 10-2 <laughs> in extra innings games, sweet. 21 and 15 in one run games, pretty good. And then 9 and 11 in interleague games, which I guess shouldn't bother me, but does. I don't know why. I guess it's because, like, if we do get the World Series, like, we're not going to win because we stink against AL teams for some reason. But I can see why, you know, I don't think the manager is going to put a lot of weight on those games and try to win all those games like he would in a, a divisional opponent or even a National League opponent. Um, our records versus playoff teams. Four and three versus the Dodgers, nine and ten versus the Braves, five and two versus the Cardinals, two and four versus the Padres, fourteen and five versus the Phillies. So we were thirty-four and twenty-four versus nationally playoff teams in the regular season. But if you take away Philly, we were twenty and nineteen. And honestly, the Padres were the worst case scenario. Uh, I mean, you, you look at like we could have faced any other team, and I would have had more confidence in us winning the series. Phillies four and three versus the Cardinals in the regular season, and four and three versus the Padres. So I guess it shouldn't be that shocking or surprising that they beat the Cardinals. And now that they're up one game against the Padres, it's like you wouldn't be that shocked if they beat the Padres. We were pretty bad against the AL playoff teams. 0-5 versus the Astros. 2-2 two two against the Yankees. 1-2 versus the Mariners. 3-9 and nine total. We didn't play the Gardens, Rays, or Blue Jays. So, ugh. You know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't think we need to change the playoffs. I would love to have less regular season games because we, I mean, we put ourselves through hell all the way up until the final friggin' game of the season. For what? We were out. <laughs> we were done after less than a week. After a weekend, we were done. That, that, and that's why baseball and the World Series is the hardest thing to do in professional sports. It has to be to win enough games. So that you make the playoffs and then make a run in the postseason, it's it's the most difficult by far. But if anything, if what I've learned, and I might have said this last episode, is like, hey, maybe Francisco Lindor doesn't have to play 160 games in a season or 150 plus games in a season. Maybe P. Alonso doesn't have to play 150 plus games in a season. I mean, great, good for you. I'm happy, but like maybe this is the reason why we hit a wall towards the end of the season because we had guys playing too many games where they didn't need to, and we were pushing too hard to win this division. And ultimately, I think that might have cost us. My two cents. Take it or leave it. You most likely will not take it. And then I came. Ac- I'll finish with this. I came out across this uh, Reddit post. <clears throat> it uh, it was titled. The title was "85 Vibes." And it says, yeah, the end of the year sucked. But for the first time in a long time, watching Mets baseball was fun. Personally, I'm feeling 1985 vibes again. 84 was a nice start after a decade of embarrassment, but 85 was set to be exciting with Gary Carter's game-winning homer, the extras off the cards in game one. Great season until we went to St. Louis towards the end and we weren't, we just weren't ready. We won 98 games, but the cards won more. The same thing this time around, but we got three extras with the wild card. Had a great season after years of irrelevance and then came up short. Let's see how the team responds and what management does. 2022 could be just like 1985 and a springboard for a dominant next season. I sure hope so. But again, my concerns go back to if you're comparing this team versus that team, you had Doc Gooden was like, what, 21-22 in 86? I think he was our number one. Right now, our number one and number two are on the bad side of 35, looking at 40. And do they still have games where they look elite? Hell yeah, dude. Most of the games. But 
you have to worry. And, and and I don't think we, we definitely didn't overexert them either in the regular season. I don't think. I think they were on pitch counts. Buck did everything he could to manage them throughout the season. But I think that's what just happens a lot of the time. And so that's why I don't feel as great going into next season with them as our one and two. Yes, they've been a one and two every other season just about. But I don't know that you can confidently say that this is our one and two heading into heading into 2023. So I, I am hopeful. I, I do think we'll make the playoffs next year. But it's like, let's just... Obviously, you don't want to relax too much. You don't want to coast too much, but let's just let's not press as much. Let's not let's give you know Alonzo and Lindor a rest day every week. And I don't care that they're young and you think that they can do it. Well, it's just it gives them a time to decompress so that they're getting two days off a week. And I honest to God think it will pay off come end of September and October in the postseason. I really do. I I, I you know. Mm. Who would you rather have, Edwin Diaz or Jacob deGrom? At this point, I'd have to say Edwin Diaz. He's younger. He looks like it, this doesn't look like a fluke. He did it over the course of an entire season. It looks like he's hit his stride. It looks like, I mean, he could be our closer for the next three to five seasons. And that's really, if you think about it, the window that Steve Cohen was looking at in terms of winning a championship. So I think you put your money to Edwin Diaz. Now, they're, they're definitely, all you know, KFC from Barstool was saying that, like, you, you owe Jacob deGrom back pay. And so that's why giving him, you know, that 40 plus million dollars, 43 million, even 50 million dollars a year is uh, is payment for his past accomplishments, which is like, <laughs> he doing that. But is there another way we can go about that? <laughs> Um, and uh, you know, it would take a, a certain, a, a special kind of player, certain kind of player personality to come into that rotation and say, okay, I'm the lowest paid of this top three, but I'm the number one. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, hopefully you can look past that and be like, okay, this is an opportunity to win a world series. So if you're trying to like filter out and sort through all the free agent pitchers that might be available and out there of which I don't think there's a ton. It seems like there's a lot of older pitchers in the free agency market this uh, upcoming off season. Um, you'd have to look at a guy that hasn't won a ring yet. And is like, this is my best chance to win a ring. And I don't need to make what Scherzer and DeGrom are making. And if I think, really think about it, they're making that because of what they've done in the past. So like I can get to that level if I just win this World Series now. I don't know if there are, are there anyone that fit the bill. I don't know. I don't think so. Carlos Rodon? I don't know. So, and, you know, judging by what Epler and, and Buck are saying, it's like there they're, they're aren't like huge moves on the horizon. I don't think they're going to make huge moves. They feel like they have everything they need in that clubhouse. Maybe it's just like one or two tweaks, but it's not going to be any big splashes. Um, but that could be a smokescreen to make way to sign Aaron, Aaron judge, <laughs> which I've come around on, you know, I think part of me was like, well, oh, but what about, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so it's just like, he, he the, like automatically gets you a chunk of wins if he stays healthy. So that you don't have to rely on Starling Marte as much. Look, listen, I like that we have Starling Marte. He makes us better when he's healthy. He just, I don't know that he's going to stay healthy. So it would just be nice to have insurance, Starling Marte insurance. And that comes in the form of Aaron Judge. <laughs> it gives you a little more flexibility with the lineup and the rosters. And, you know, uh, it just makes your team so much better. So, yeah, I'm fully on board with it. And, uh, you know, I know they... They've said repeatedly, like, we're not going to spend like drunken sailors. We're not going to like, you know, go way over the luxury tax and all this other stuff, that threshold. 
but he can smell it, can't you? He can taste it. If we have all the parts here, and maybe we are just one player away, wouldn't you go for it? I know. I mean, he's a Mets fan. I think if I'm in that position, I go for it and say, fuck it. Like, how long have we been waiting for this opportunity? How long will it be before we get this opportunity again? You don't know. But then you look at the Phillies and you're like, oh, what the? I don't, I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> <coughs> so the best laid plans. Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? Thanks so much for listening to this episode and for watching this episode. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week, huh? Hey, let's, hey, let's do this again. You free next week? Let's do it again. Adios, muchachos.